Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Look out. His only films to be buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein. I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a boost bar, and I love film. As Ralph Waldo Emerson once said, for every minute you are angry, you lose 60 seconds of happiness which is actually what the subtext to the Nick Cage, Angelina Jolie film Gone in 60 Seconds was about. The cars they were stealing were actually people's joy. It was surprisingly deep, that film, when you think about it. That's a good point, Ralph Waldo Emerson. It doesn't get the credit it deserves. Every week I invite a special guest over. I tell them they've died, then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. Previous guests include Barry Jenkins, Kevin Smith, Jamila Jamil, and even Bed Crambles. But this week, it's the amazing actor and musician Ben Barnes. Head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein where you get an extra 20 minutes of chat with Ben. We talk about beginnings and endings. He tells me an amazing secret. You get the whole episode uncut, ad-free and as a video. Check it out over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. Ted Lasso Season 2 is now available in full on Apple TV+. Plus. You can watch the whole thing in one go. Plus you can see Soulmate Season 1 on Amazon Prime. Watch them both. Why not? Bit of fun, innit? So Ben Barnes, oh Ben Barnes, are you kidding? No, I'm not. He's really here. Ben Barnes is a brilliant actor. You know him as Prince Caspian. You know him from Westworld, from The Punisher. You know him from Shadow and Bone. He's also a singer. He's got his own album out, Songs for You. You should listen to it. It's fucking great. We recorded this on Zoom about a, well, a week ago, and I'd never met him before. Ah, oh, we had so much fun together. He was so brilliant. I really think you're going to love this one. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 169 of Films to be Buried With. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried With. It is I, Brett Goldstein, and I'm joined today by an actor. He's a Westwelder. He's a shadow and boner. He's the prince of all of Narnia, I think. He is... (laughs) A man from Sutton, and he now lives in LA. He's a hero to many, a legend to most, and also he's fit. Please welcome to the show the brilliant Mr. Ben Barnes. <laughs> you, you, you said Bono within thirty seconds of this. <laughs> That's the the quickest I've got to it. Actually, yeah, as quick as you've done it so far. I, I did have a thought that you know groups of fans of shows often have have names and i toyed with the idea of calling them my shadow and boners but then i i i've i've, I've resisted the urge to even say that uh, until this moment that's the first time i've said it because you did it it starts here the shadow and boners uh, unite that was a very nice thing you've got to be the shadow and boners i would be loud and proud of that you're gonna get the credit for that now i'll take it on on the twitter i'll take it yeah you deserve it no regrets you deserve it thank you man it's lovely to have you. This is the first time we've ever met. Yeah. So far, it's going great. It's going very well. I appreciate you doing this. Now, I, I, uh, I've been aware of you for some time, Ben Barnes. You worked uh, with friend of the podcast, Will Porter, in um, uh, Prince Caspian. Yeah, and one of my best, one of my best pals. He just took me, took me out actually for a, a, lo- a really lovely fortieth <laughs> birthday dinner. Mine, not his. I listen to it. He's about fifteen still. But it was, it, he's a lo- lovely, 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 lovely man. That's a lovely man. 
But then, you know what I was, uh, what I, I mean, look, I've seen you in lots of stuff. You're a very good actor. But you do something that I really, really like. And you did it in Westworld, which is, I think it's very brave. You play like a bad type, a bit of a bad type in Westworld. And I think you do it. You're very sort of charming in it. But you also don't at all shy away from the like really unpleasant sort of sleazy sort of unattractive parts of that character and I always think that that's really I don't think a lot of actors do it I think it's really cool and really brave because you're not protecting yourself as a you're not sort of like there there are people who play bad guys but they play them like yeah but you love them because they're so charismatic and fun and cool like you allow in the parts that are like no, he's genuinely unpleasant as well. You know what I mean? And I think that's pretty brave. I like it. Uh, thank you. That's really nice. I, I, I've sort of found myself this wee, odd little niche in the last um, sort of five or six years of playing these people who are slightly reprehensible, or either that they're sort of psychotic or, or evil or villainous or, mm. or just or just um, uh, guilty of just general douchebaggery. But, <laughs> but but and I don't and and, and you're right. I, I never I never. But I've also. I'm fully aware of how incapable I am of making a character particularly kind of like cool or anything like that. But I will, I do, whilst, whilst I'm not afraid of the like, of the like uh, grim, uh, gross parts of it, I, I, I am quite protective of the um, humanity of them. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, Cause I'm quite a sort of quite a soft, hopeful, desperate to be happy kind of person. And so I think that yeah. um, that gets a little bit, infused into all of those characters and, and and like you described on Westworld when they asked me to come back for the second season and it was it felt like such a privilege to be asked to sort of scratch away at the character a bit and look at his yeah. I know it sounds a bit I was raised by um a psychiatrist and psychotherapist but a little bit scratch away at his relationship oh, with his with his dad you see his relationship yeah. with his dad and you peel yeah. away the onion a bit and you see why he's so fucked up and and why he's behaving like such a knob all the time to everyone and because there are always yeah. reasons always and those things really interest me i love that that's look that's exactly what what we're always trying to do on ted lasso it's that thing of and and it's when you're a bad guy almost never thinks they're the bad guy and they think yeah. that they're doing so so yeah and you play play all of that i just think it's great but but i also i think I'm trying to think of examples, but I don't want to name and I don't want to name and shame. But I can I can think of people who play bad guys, and you you're almost like you're not a bad guy. You're just fucking great. Like you're just so yeah, entertaining, yeah, yeah. and like it's you're you're not allowing that character to be ugly. I suppose. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Whereas I think you do you do that as well as all the charm and the everything. Anyway, that's my uh, open uh, fan mail to you to your face. <laughs> <laughs> that is from my section fan mail you to your do face. not do that you 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 are, are playing something which is entirely lovable from start to finish even though that's not what's supposed to be on the page and and you can't help it <laughs> you can't help it at all and now and now suddenly every, everyone in the world wants to like hug you like a teddy bear and and this makes you uncomfortable so moving on <laughs> uh, ben... <laughs> so we've revealed how limited my uh abilities are <laughs> so uh, uh, yeah. Ben Barnes, um, you live in LA. You've lived here ten years, I believe. Um, and, yeah, um, coming up on that. Yeah. And uh, do you feel at home here? Is it still wild? How much of this? Because you, uh, how old were you when you did Prince Caspian? I was about twenty-five. And um, and uh, that was like the biggest thing that happened. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, and that was like quite a long time ago. So you're thirty. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, that's yeah, that's yeah. You were doing maths. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, <laughs> quite right. I'll never, I'll never tell. Yeah, I, I'm very comfortable here. I do miss uh, my friends and family, and you know, just mm. London. I miss that a lot, but also very lucky to have the kind of uh, sort of uh, lifestyle and job which takes me on adventures and takes me, you know, keeps me interesting. And and <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I think at least half of the time I, I'm not sort of at home. So I think that that's a particular kind of lifestyle which I never imagined for myself and would certainly not curate if I did anything else for a living um, on purpose. But I do love that it is part of my life. Can I ask you this? And we can, if you don't want to, we can cut it. Before we started recording this podcast, you told me something that was very interesting to me. You said, I said, is there anything you're worried about talking about? And you said 
something like, I used to worry so much about that stuff and now I'm very happy to talk about myself. And I wondered what had happened to lead you to that, if I may. So I think, I think it's, it was a combination of, of, of things, but it was, um, I think very, very early on, I had some quite aggressive interactions with, with, with press, you know, doing sort of mm. basically nothing, you know, a, f- a few plays and, and bits and pieces and then, and then doing the, the Narnia films and suddenly people are interested in you and, and, and your life. And um, I, I remember having this conversation when I was about 25 and, and, and a journalist sort of said to me, you have to answer these kinds of questions if you want to do this for a living. And I, at 25, full of vim, said, uh, uh, no, I don't. I can keep anything I want to for, for, for myself. And I still fervently believe that in that sort of freedom of choice. But it sort of, it tightened me and closed me off a bit to, to feel a bit defensive, I think, when talking about stuff. And I've, I've done so many years of... You know, just uh, sort of just by virtue of the way film and TV interviews work, I think as well, like you're being asked about characters and things that you didn't necessarily write. But I think um, what happened was, I think the pandemic sort of kicked in and and we all spent a year and a bit sitting around wondering what kind of people we want to be and where we fit in if we're not allowed to do the things we do on a regular basis and don't have the things that we have to look forward to regularly to keep us on the wheel and facing forwards. And who do we care about and what do we care about? And uh, I wrote a lot of um, music in that time and it was something I'd wanted to do for about 20 years. Uh, I'd started to do it about 20 something years ago and it had fallen apart. And um, I've done it as part of my career all the way through. I've always kind of done that, but always in someone else's voice. I, I think I've always, um, I, 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 even when I was a kid at school, I did Sinatra tribute concerts and Stevie Wonder's Soul Nights <laughs> and things like that. And I would love it so much. And then in my films, I've played street buskers, Americana folk street buskers. And I played a crap rock star in, in, a, in, a, in a comedy, uh, singing sort of like new romantic stadium rock crap. Mm-hmm. But it was never me. And I think that it t- just the clock ticked down on, on having to make something of my own. That was that was sort of me. I haven't played. It's sort of obvious to sort of think. Well, if you spend twenty years pretending to be other people, at some point you're going to want to do something that's yours. But I hadn't really thought about it until the pandemic. And then um, I wrote a sort of collection of songs, which um, I've just released. And it, and it sort of right. it sort of freed up the style of interview, the way I've been talking about it. People asking me about me, not about you know, sort of sordid details of your life or anything, but just interested in me and what what it takes to make something from myself. And that, and that really, like, just sort of um, freed me up to be the most, to feel sort of the most me I could feel, which I think a lot of us feel, felt a bit, particularly during the pandemic, felt a bit uh, floaty and disconnected and, and all of that. I think most of the people that I know felt a little bit... Um, disassociated for mm-hmm. some, for for a lot of it and and so um i think i'm just sort of trying to relish feeling like me again a bit that is really interesting and um i've just remembered something which makes this sort of big revelation you've had and this feeling of freedom a sort of a, a shame because i i forgot that i should have told you I should have told you before we had this whole chat. I've listened to the podcast, so I know what you're doing. You, you've died. Yeah. You've died. So, good, listen, good that you had that feeling of freedom very, very briefly. Before. I've just died in this moment now, in this very You're moment, dead. I am dead. Well, I've just, dis- I, well, I, like I said, I actually found out a while back and I forgot to tell you. You are dead, the way. <laughs> In a way. The Grim Reaper. How did you die? Well, it being the case that I've listened to your podcast before, and I know right. that in about an hour's time, you're going to make it try and sound as grim and disgusting and, <laughs> and foul as possible. I'm going to challenge you. That's, that's not my vibe. I'm going <laughs> to challenge you by saying the truth, which is that I, I hope that I died very peacefully and comfortably and old, surrounded by love, loved ones squeezing my hand gently. Or do I? No, I, you're going to say I have to have died in this minute now. No, no, no. You, 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 you can die like this. This is taking place in a sort of timeless zone. Okay. So you can be uh, as old as you want. How like old were you? Be, I would like to be 100 because when I was a kid, I thought that's how old you live till. Yeah, um, you get a letter from the Queen, and then uh, that's it. And then, and then loved ones around your bed and one of them squeezes your hand to death. One of them squeezes my hand to death. Yeah. 
it, it's they love me so very much that they <laughs> crush my fingers, which causes. I'm not getting pulled into this, lured, lured into your. <laughs> it's quite a dark, I mean, quite a horrific death, really. No. Squeezing your head, <laughs> got sepsis. No, he's more and, and, and loving, and, and I barely noticed it, to be honest. So I slipped off into the, into the never after, is what I did. Okay. Do you worry about death, Ben Barnes? I used to worry about death a lot. I was definitely that that kid who who, who um, actually probably didn't didn't want to talk about it very much because it was it just feels a bit overwhelming and I think it still does even though I think through your life you obviously can't but have more experience with it and be exposed to it more and and and, and the reality of it you're faced with the reality of it, 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 it that that perspective is, is brought much closer to your to your face but I still you know I still put it in the category of, of, of sort of um, in infinity and, and, and time and all those kinds of things that I, I will never have a handle on. And so mm. it doesn't really serve me to think about it too much. But yeah, I think I probably am fearful, I think, of, uh, of death. It's the, it, I'm a very, I think hope is probably one of my defining characteristics and the one is the one thing you can't be hopeful. I can't find, I don't seem to be able to find hope in. But I will say that there are things that, along the way that have made me feel so much more uh, alive that, that it sort of becomes, and I know people have said this to you before, but it, it all becomes so much yeah, more precious. It all becomes so much more precious for the fact that you know it's, that it's temporary. Do you, do you imagine anything happening after you die? Somebody once, I, and I, I wish I could remember who, but somebody once said to me, what do you remember before you were born? And I said, nothing. And, and they said, well, that, that, that doesn't stand to reason that you probably won't feel or know anything after you're gone and 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 that's to me so far is the best argument that's been put forward and i'm open i'm open but but um do you know what i i i've i've been thinking about that i hate i, I you know obviously hate that one i hate that there was nothing before so there's nothing after because then i also think yeah but when you're born like humans in particular are the least you know born with anything the only thing they can do is find a nipple right that's literally all the babies yeah no a giraffe is up and walking in 15 minutes yeah, and, and, and giraffes, it, it, horse yeah horses yeah. are carrying people raising their own kids by t- a week you know what i mean like yeah so when you so when people say like what did you know before you were born it's like nothing you didn't know anything because when you were born the only thing you knew was find a nipple so it's like when you died you know a lot more by that point so maybe this blank nothingness you're full you, there's a lot more going on that's my new theory i just come up with yeah <laughs> oh, sorry i'm still stuck on the on, on the sort of like uh, the the, the main no more more of the sort of like main thrust of human existence to find the nipple doesn't you know i know yeah. i know people for whom that doesn't change very much as they go through life i think Absolutely doesn't. That's still that's still it. Everything else is just sort of gravy around that, isn't it? I've got I've got good news for you, Ben Barnes. Uh, there is a heaven. Oh. and it's great. It's great. <laughs> you love it, there. and it's it's brilliant. It is brilliant. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's got all your favorite. It's got your favorite thing in it. What's your favorite thing? Oh, I think it's uh, yeah. I think it's guys. There's got to be music. Yeah. Well, then this this heaven is filled with music. There's music everywhere, except during screenings when it would be inappropriate. But there's music everywhere. You sit on music, you sleep on music. There's music in the trees, and it's lovely. Everyone's very excited to see you. They're all big fans. But they want to talk <laughs> to you about not, your life. That's not what I want to. famous in heaven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like oh. Comic Con. It's like yeah, Comic Con, yeah. but with nice music. Oh. Welcome to the Ever After. Do you mind just finding? <laughs> can I just quick photo? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. No one knows who the fuck you are, but so then you turn up. You're a stranger. So people are like, "Who are you? Let's talk about your life through film." Oh yeah, yeah that you're right. That is much better. They, the first thing they ask is, "What's the first film you remember seeing, Ben Barnes?" Do you know what? This was one of the ones that I struggled with the most to have one answer because when people sort of say, "Oh yeah, don't you remember your first time you ever?" ate a banana or I remember being born no you don't you don't no one remembers anything before they're about six I reckon so this was actually one I struggled with I I certainly remember sort of seeing the Disney of Sword in the Stone and and Robin Hood and all that very early on and uh 
the never ending story and flight of the navigator and the labyrinth those sort of like early quest early 80s things were very those are definitely those those are the ones that were around but i i, I couldn't put my finger on what the first one was like i remember well let's go with uh, flight of the navigator because we haven't talked about that on here for a while what a what a, what a movie what an, what also what an 80s movie my favorite part of that of that film definitely was when he gets to space camp and he goes to his room and this and there's all these like sort of nasa things on his bed he's got the spaceman ice cream and he's got his jumpsuit and it's all like laid out in this like perfect way on his like perfectly made bed and it's all he gets it basically a welcome pack that I, I that is the most that is my most vivid memory from that film and i haven't seen it since i was a kid and i can still remember the, that i don't know what that says about anything if it says anything about me but that is the that is the frame of the film that i remember the most that is interesting you like you like you like free gifts you like uh you like a swag bag that's what that's what yeah. it tells us you like a t-shirt you like some merch uh, yeah how ironic i've just released my own merch for my music no it's not about merch it's it's <laughs> about it's not about merch. i think it's about it's about he's worried about it about going there and i think it's welcoming and it's loving in the way it's sort of set out and i think that that it's like Did it's you? like doing nice things for people do you remember when you saw your early films thinking i want to do this i want to be an actor no that i think that came that came much much later mid teens i think it's because i was sort of quite good at quite a lot of things but not very good at anything and i think i felt a bit invisible and a bit sort of like lost and a bit like i needed to sort of pick something and i think that obviously you know this is this is a, an industry that you go into and you and, and then you're you are sort of seen you're literally on a on a stage and i think it was something that i could maybe devote myself to and maybe maybe try to get get good at i think i think i think i think I, it was just about trying to sort of focus on one thing but i was i was never really able to do that because i was sort of too interested in lots of things but it but it started to be it was sort of through music actually and it, and then it was sort of you know musical and then the the song part sort of got stripped away and it became about storytelling and then i found a love of that latterly interesting What's the film that scared you the most? Do you like being scared? No, I don't. And I said I would never do a horror film, and I've literally just um, finished uh, work on, on a horror. Uh, Guillermo del Toro is doing an anthology horror <gasps> series called The Cabinet of Curiosities. Uh, it's a bit sort of Black Mirror-ish, but instead of tech, yes. it's, it's all sort of horror tropes, and I've just finished it this week. How was it? A very creepy, creepy, scary uh, episode of it with all manner of uh, grisly things. And a, and, a, and a really terrifying, uh, a really terrifying ending. Oh, great. And I, great. And I, I purposefully asked the, uh, the, the director and the team to, to mess with me as much as possible and to oh, stop me at doing any acting. Because I called him and said, look, I've been doing this 20 years, but I haven't really played anyone that's that sort of scared a lot. And I, I, it's not a genre that I'm very familiar with. When, when I was looking down your list, I looked up like the, hundred scariest films ever and I'd, I'd seen about two of them so I was like well oh, wow. it's not on on this list so so I was getting them to bang bits of wood together and play horrible scream at me during takes if possible just to sort of just yeah. to sort of like mess with me and I did not like it uh, and I still won't watch anymore but I will watch that but but one of the things that he was asking me about can I play some sounds and I suddenly had this memory of the film The Return to Oz, which is a sequel Fuck to The Wizard. Yeah, it's the most terrifying. The most terrifying. The wheelies. The wheelies. These these creatures, these, well, sort of, they look like sort of human circus clowns, but in, they've got wheels instead of hands and feet, and they squeak. So the director, one one of the because th- it requires me to be scared of things that I, I can't, that aren't really there a lot. This 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 job mm-hmm. I just done, and so he would. He, he would play on speakers the sounds of the wheelies during takes just to fuck with me and mess with me, and it worked, and it was horrible. And then I remembered, the, uh, you know, the, that sort of Alice in Wonderland thing of her falling down, I think it's Dorothy or Dorothy's door or whoever it is, falling down this sort of rabbit hole, but there's hands grabbing at her in this horrible sort yeah. of gropey way, and it, uh, it just... Those two images are, the, again... I haven't seen it in so many years because why would you put yourself through that again? But, <laughs> but those images are really, really stuck with me. 
it's bananas returned to us. It's fucking like when you watch it, you're like, I cannot believe this was a Disney film that got made for kids. It's so scary. No, someone was on. Someone was on some drugs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's heads in fucking ca- in. There's a whole cabinet of heads. It's the scary shit. It's horrible. It's horrible. Although when I was a kid, I do, I can tell you what scare, what film scared me the most. I mean, obviously, I saw that when I was probably quite young. But as a little kid, I remembered this story, and maybe I remember it, and maybe it's just because my dad has told it to me and in about me to various people in front of me many times. Which is that I think on about my sixth, fifth, or sixth birthday, I was on a uh, one of those Channel ferries, and it was my birthday. And there was a little screening room on the on the ferry, and they were playing uh, Roald Dahl's The Witches. And there is the moment in the middle of the film for anyone who hasn't seen it, where the witches remove their wigs and gloves, and uh, they be cut and skin, and they look pretty uh, uh, gr- gr- gruesome. And at that point in the film, apparently, according to myth mm. and legend. I uh, waltzed down. This is very, apparently this was very out of character, but I waltzed down to the front of, uh, I hate uh, speaking, public speaking as myself, by the way, you should know this about me. I'm so, so scared of it. So scared of it. And um, walked down to the, to the screen at the front, turned around and said in a, the most precocious way possible, <laughs> well, this is a bit too scary, isn't it? And walked out. <laughs> And my dad had to sort of run after me because because he was like, you just left. Compare like, it, I'm going to make a scene. So I'm jumping overboard. Good day. I, yeah, so I have never told anyone that, but my dad has told lots of people. Why do you think you're so scared of talking as yourself? I mean, I don't, I, I, I mean, I, I sort of understand, but do you know why? Well, I don't know. In my newfound revelation about, about not being so worried mm. about it, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not. Uh, anymore i don't know quite what it is maybe it's just too long uh, sort of doing it in front of people as, as as someone else but i do get even on the wrap of a film or something when that in the 30 seconds you have to say thank you to a crew that i'm so grateful for my 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 heart just goes a bit too fast my palms go a bit sweaty and i'm not quite sure my words get jumbled up and i don't know why that is because i'm very comfortable doing this with you I'm very comfortable uh, in any sort of social situation, but when it's suddenly you're sort of, when it's, when there's a pressure on it, expectation is the mother of all fucking horror, isn't it? And and I think that, you know, whenever you're sort of expected to say something, I I, I, I sort of clam up and get a bit tight. I I think I've just sort of realised that it's actually not, I'm not worried about necessarily being embarrassed because you can just go, thank you very much and keep it very short. But I think it's about sort of letting people's perception of, who they think I am down, not being charismatic enough or not, not you know, not, not being eloquent or charming in, in, in enough. Right. Uh, not being enough, I think, is, is what's fueled a lot of that stuff over the years for me, uh, of, of which I've now managed to sort of let go of it. You are enough. That's the title of this episode. Ben Barnes is enough. No, Ben Barnes, colon. You are enough. You are enough. <laughs> what's the, speaking of, speaking of crying, yeah. what's the film that made you cry the most? Are you a crier? Yeah, I like a good cry. The film that made me cry the most, and it made me cry for about three days, almost nonstop, because I think I saw it just too young, um, was Spartacus. Oh, really? It's a very specific reason, which was when you get to the end of the film, Kirk Douglas and, and, and Tony Curtis are forced to fight to the death, on penalty of death, obviously. They're, they're, they're both going to be crucified unless they fight to the death in which case only the victor will be crucified and the other one will be killed by their best friend. And the catharsis of this, a word that I didn't know at eight or whenever I saw it, but that sort of unbearable pressure and tension and, 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 and the fact that they both love the other so much that they can't bear to be the one that would put them through the agony of the crucifixion. And so they actually fight harder f- for it. Uh, there was something in my eight-year-old, whatever, however old I was, brain that just had a schism, and I could not bear the idea that anyone mm-hmm. could come up with this. And and I, rem- I, this I do remember. I remember being in tears for m- m- days about it. Inconsolable. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. 
I'm sorry for your I'm sorry for your loss. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. What is the film that you love it's not critically acclaimed most people don't like it but you don't give a fucking shit what anyone says you will stand by this film uh, sister act two i love sister act two thank you back in the habit yes please there are moments of sister act two that i will pull up on youtube at any given opportunity when when lauren hill sings a bit of eyes on the sparrow at the organ or the um, yeah. or, or, or the, the the sort of like joyful joyful at the end. I think I just love Lauren Hill's voice so much, and uh, mm. it's it, it's so much more exciting than the first one, and it follows all the all the proper sort of like traits of those kinds of cheesy films when they take the robes off at the end and the dancing and the, and the, the mum turning up and all of that and and locking Father Creasy or whatever in the cupboard with a salami. Come on, come on. I won't hear a word against it. It's flawless. It's flawless. It gave us Lauren Hill. It's flawless. You can have that. Thanks. Wait, does that mean I've not been able to have anything so far? Yeah, up to now. <laughs> up to now. Up to now, none of them have been allowed through. Uh, but this one, this one. I didn't realise it, 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 it was a challenge element to it. Nor did I, but until this moment, and we're both yeah, learning. Everyone else has got every film they've ever said through, but you so far, yeah, but that one. This has been quite a strict process of this episode. I don't know why, but for some reason... It's a much bigger filter. I think it's because I, I looked at the list of films that you said I mustn't talk about and thought, I need to mention several of these. <laughs> uh, 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 I'm poo-pooing your system. <laughs> and the system is fighting back. What's the film <laughs> you used to love? You loved it. You've watched it recently. You've gone, oh, no, I don't like this no more. But for, for your own reasons. So I'm sure there are lots of those, and I, I couldn't think of them. But what I c- could think of was one of my favourite films of all time. And I've got um, a collection in, in my home of, of 80s movies, post, original posters of 80s movies that I have that I just loved and have a connection to, some of which are on your list of things I'm not allowed to talk about. But um, uh, uh, one of them is The Princess Bride, which I think is yes. one of the greatest films ever made. One of the greatest films ever made. However... Great. It's one of those films that I ped that I'll pedal to people and say, "This is one of the greatest films ever made." You, what do you mean? What do you mean you haven't seen it? I'll say because my cast, yeah. especially of my cast of, of of the show that I do on Netflix, got they're in their 20, early twenties mainly. Right. So I haven't seen it. They they watched it and sort of came back, and a couple of them came back and said, "Yeah, I got about thirty minutes in. I didn't really, didn't really get it." So. I went back and watched it again, thinking maybe maybe it's da- maybe it's a bit dated. Maybe it doesn't quite hold up. It absolutely fucking does. It's brilliant, and they're wrong. It's brilliant, they're wrong. So there's a yeah. film that does hold up, which is, I think, what you asked. Do you know what? I like you flipping the question. I'm going to let that through. It was cheeky, brilliant, but I'm letting it through because I love the Princess Bride. I feel a bit like I'm Room, I'm room 101, which I did used to watch as a kid, and I don't think it's on anymore. I always wanted to go on that, and this is about as close as I'm ever going to get, and I'm going to enjoy it. <laughs> For one episode uh, only, this is, is seeming to take that format. Now, what is the film that means the most to you, Ben Barnes? Not necessarily the film itself is any good, but because the experience you had around seeing it that will always make it meaningful to you. 
again, there are a few, but this film is 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 very good, but it only sort of makes it into the pantheon of my one of my favourites because of what I saw it, which was um, the film that I saw on my first ever date I ever went on was uh, and 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 I realised my mistake after the fact, and I don't know why there weren't more people in my life to to tell me that this film was setting well just setting unreasonable standards was uh, uh baz lerman's romeo and juliet came out uh, in the cinema and the day it was released in the cinema was my first ever proper date i took someone on wow how old were you i don't know probably probably fif- 14 or 15 okay and what happened on the date it was it was actually wonderful it was actually wonderful she she was a, a, a sweetheart and uh and i it's actually quite quite a sad, again working against the comedy of your podcast format, but she, she we 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 dated for a few months, I think, and just sort of hung out and mm. watching films at each other's houses, and it was so innocent and lovely. And uh, I, I found out that she, I think she went on a gap year and, and an accident passed away, and I read it in the local paper, and and I oh remember, and I remember that night watching thinking about it and watching Romeo and Juliet again and, and I, I sort of oh, can't sort of separate it in my head uh, yeah. from that God that's so fucking tragic I'm so sorry yeah it was a, it was a weird thing I've actually never uh, told him on that before but um, uh, it just it, uh, so you hadn't seen her for like a couple of years when that happened or just yeah it'd been yeah it had been probably oh it was probably yeah, four four years or something. It was I, I we weren't yeah. touching anything. But um yeah, and then then and then a couple of years ago my one of my best pals took me to the secret cinema version of it where they do bits of it live yeah. and everything and yeah, and that was that was quite that that helped uh, reframe it a little bit. It was raining. It was raining the night we saw it, and it was it was you know. And I oh, think cool. so. I think it it helped. It, yeah, it helped reframe it a little bit. But it's yeah, it definitely has that association in my mind. Mm, ben Barnes. Don't get me wrong; it's a fond, it's a fond memory because it was a very lovely. Yeah, thing. yeah, I can see that. It's a sort of beautiful thing as well. What What's the film you most relate to? <laughs> Okay, so this is stupid because I, I I'm sure there are millions and I, I that that are probably I, I was thinking there's got to be something sort of a a bit romantic and Hugh Granty or something. There's got to be something that I've there's got to be something out there. I was thinking the, the thing that jumped to mind was uh, was the opening scene of Swingers, John Favreau calling the girl back forty two times and getting increasingly more pathetic with each one. And um, uh, uh, for some reason, I find this incredibly relatable. Not because it's something I've particularly done, but it's just something that I feel like I understand better than I understand any other scene from a film. So, I, I, I yeah, I don't know why that. I don't really know why that's my answer, but it is. And you're just gonna. It's uh, they're my answers, so that's that's allowed. I uh, I totally I fully accept that answer. And I think it is a very relatable scene. And I've definitely, I've definitely done that via text. I've definitely sent a text and then thought, oh, fuck, and then sent another text and then sent another text and thought, stop sending texts. <laughs> stop it, stop it. Yeah. And then it reads like a mad, insane novel when they finally look at it. I think I'd sort of be also more curious to that question. I'd be more curious um, what other people think, what the film they think is that they've seen that reminds them of me the most you know what i mean i think as an actor i'm always oh, curious right, yeah. i'm always curious to know what people would you know people say what do you want to do next i'm like i don't know what do they want me to do next you sort of right because you know because that's a, a part of it isn't it the truth is the the relate what film do you most relate to is the question most people struggle with which is interesting and you get many varied answers and but i don't i'd say probably five guests that i've had in all the time have an answer like that most people go oh, i really struggled with this one yeah i think i think i think it's because it's one of those ones that you it, it's because the one i'd most want to get right and i think i'd need yeah, much more time to it. look through all films i've ever seen and be like oh yeah that but I, it didn't just come to me yeah it's yes yeah, because yeah maybe if you're taking it as like what's the film that defines me as a person that's too big a yeah question it's super, it's, yeah <laughs> yeah most intimate question in a way yeah anyway tell me this ben barnes i think this is why people have tuned in what's the sexiest film you've ever seen i do enjoy having both my names every question it 
it, it's a lot of people do that with my name because it's alliterative and it and i i enjoy it's you cool doing name. but i enjoy you doing it i think more than anyone ever maybe i thought i have to yes. get you if you have to get you a badge um thank you <laughs> thank you um sexiest film so yeah i think the film that i sort of remember being the sexiest film was um Ito mama tambien correct great moving on uh, but, and then, and then more recently, I saw um, yeah. a film called The Handmaiden. Correct. Which is, it, it, I don't know, I, I don't know if it, I'm allowed to find it. So it was supposed to be sexy, but it is very sexy. It's very sexy. It's got the sexiest uh, tooth filing scene in cinema history. History in the history of cinema. Yeah, yeah. You'd be hard pushed to find a sexier tooth filing scene. But in 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 just in case you were going to sort of not agree with me so quickly and readily, um, which luckily he did because those are very sexy films. I had a, a, a more PG answer ready, which was that the, the film has the date, the date that I would most like to go on in it, which is quite sexy, which was, is uh, The Karate Kid, preferably with Elizabeth Shue, actually, still. What happens in the date? They go to uh, golf and stuff in, in, in that beautiful yellow retro car that Miss Miyagi has given him and they go to golf and stuff and he's sort of putting his arms around her and helping her putt away and they're having delicious uh, looking, uh, you know, fast food and, and they're just giggling a lot. And it's, 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 it's just, it just was not an experience that I was having when I was watching that film and I wanted it, <laughs> I wanted it with Elizabeth Jim. That's very, very sweet. Um, speaking of sweet, troubling boners, worrying why don'ts. What's a film you found arousing that you weren't sure you should, Ben Barnes? <laughs> um, I just realised that the, uh, the Karate Kid was my answer to that one. <laughs> because I was going to say The Karate Kid and then you were going to go, what? <laughs> no, I just, I was just like, go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and then I was going to explain that, sort of subverting the question and making it sweet. And now I've ruined it by offering it too early. But what I like is what we're doing here is a deconstructed version of that bit. Yeah, it's you like, know, which is very, very LA. It's like a deconstructed taco or something. Yeah, it's, it's stop on it. We do it backwards. It's fine. It's good work. Yeah, it's better this way. People, what we've done <laughs> is we've given you all. <laughs> we've given you all the ingredients. You get to make the meal yourself in your head. I'll give you the answers, and you provide the yeah. question. It's the Jeopardy version of it. I love it. What is the karate um, kid? <laughs> what is uh, troubling boner? <laughs> I'll take troubling. Uh, I'll take troubling shadow and boners for five hundred. <laughs> what is objectively the greatest film ever made? Not your favourite necessarily, but the greatest. It is one of my. It is absolutely one of my favourites, and I know. The answer's not interesting to you because you've had it so many times before, but it's Back to the Future. I've got the original poster there. I just think it's perfect. And I've always, okay. it's, it's always been the answer that I've given uh, about sort of my favorite film. I will say this this uh, horror show that I just finished, mm-hmm. uh, my, uh, the, my co star was Crispin Glover, who was in, <gasps> in the film, obviously. How is he? Uh, oh, he's wonderful. Yeah, he's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. He's uh, totally eccentric and loves films and and making films and being you know sort of collaborating on it loves you know playing characters i think didn't didn't have the gumption to talk to him about about it um but uh it was still thrilling to sort of just just to hear his his voice actually it was, it was just quite it's, it's, it's just probably the film i've seen the most so ah uh, you can have that of course you can have it oh, you can have that one and what we'll do is um, go back and del- anyone who's said it already in the 150 episodes you I'll delete them out of them the podcast so I'm the only actually I'm gonna yeah Buddy Peace who's the producer when, when you listen to this could you do that please it shouldn't take you long <laughs> what <laughs> what is um, what's the film that you could or have watched the most over and over again Ben Barnes I, I always think of one of the I don't know what I don't know what the film is I've watched the most. Probably one of the ones I've already mentioned. But I was my metric is always like that one that like when you're like in a hotel somewhere and you just sort of turn on the TV just to have some noise, mm-hmm. and then it's it's 25 minutes into the film, but you just sit and watch it anyway. And I've got a lot of those, I think. But um, you know, there's something also. I know I completely avoid the 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 question about 
how you, where you see yourself in it. And I'm not necessarily even sure which character, but there's something mm. about Notting Hill that I can't, I find unavoidable. I just love That's it. Unashamedly love that film. And uh, I, I don't know if I'm Hugh Grant or Julia Roberts or somewhere in the middle. Yeah, but, you're all the characters. But, but I do love it. And there's something sort of very London-y about it, which I, which I love. And something, the Hollywood coming into London, which I understand. But it just, I love the structure of those rom-coms. I've been trying to find a rom-com with that kind of just simple concept and structure for literally for 15 years you know I, I just i just i love i love the format i've seen i watch a lot of kind of films except horror at, but i think those sort of rom-coms that when they're done well sort of richard curtis style are, are my favorites interesting interesting you haven't found one in 15 years as well i think they're very 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 hard to get right and i think i think i've seen a lot that have been made in the last sort of 10 years and a lot of them are not very good mm. one or two that cut through but i was not offered them disgusting i don't know what they were thinking we don't like to be negative do we ben burns no you and me are united on that yeah hope fc but what's the worst film you've ever seen so i don't know if it's the worst film i've ever seen because i haven't seen it since i was small but there, there was a, a sort of running joke in my family that we, uh, we were once traveling somewhere and we watched a film because i think we were sort of stuck somewhere or something and it, you can only get the tv and we watched a film called basil which stars Christian Slater and it's a sort of a period Victorian-esque kind of a film and and it was completely shit, uh, suffering from the main crime, main cinema crime of being very, very boring. Uh, And I remember my dad saying, I think that's the worst film I've ever seen and I said, I think... I agree, I think that's the worst film I've made. And then in anticipation of this, I watched the trailer again online mm. and it looks suspiciously like a film version that I did of Dorian Gray, which I think most people would contend is the worst film I have been involved with or one of, one of at least, even though it looks very, very beautiful and there are good things about it. And it's often on, on, on telly at Christmas and people tell me they, they love it, but I, we didn't quite uh, sort of hit. How do you feel about it? I said, honestly, hand, hand on my heart, I haven't seen it. I have no, no, no skin in the game of this. Uh, mixed feelings about it because I loved making it. I loved the, the producer and the director and Colin Firth, starring Colin Firth, who is uh, uh-huh. one of my uh, <laughs> favourite humans. For the listeners, he just held up a mug that said, keep calm and love Colin Firth. Given to me by Colin Firth because he's, he's, you're, <laughs> you're the only one who bloody drink out of it. Uh, so and then I found that you can buy a keep calm and love Ben Barnes mug online so I sent it to his uh, his wife uh, that's very good because shenanigans for the purposes of shenanigans Mm -hmm. but he's a wonderful human and we had a brilliant time making it and and I think we thought we were making something that that was maybe perhaps a little bit uh, edgier and I I think I think I think it tried maybe to sort of be a bit edgy and make some changes and also try to sort of please lovers of of of, of literature and faithful uh, lover, lovers who would, who were hoping for a sort of faithful adaptation of, of 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 the book and everything and i think that sometimes you know you can do everything right and put it all in the right sort of order but it doesn't quite capture the sort of zeitgeist of what that ab- adaptation mm. needs to be for this generation or whatever it, it just got very also you know i was 26 or something and 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 that was the last time i read a review because it was very poorly reviewed uh very mean very very mean about me and now i'm able to use those criticisms actually especially for younger actors when they say oh you know that so and so wasn't the best thing about this film or whatever and i think you think that's a bad review i'll show you a bad review mate (laughs) And I'll and I'll and I'll whip out the Daily Mail's review of of Dorian Gray, which is the most scathing review of any acting performance in history, I think. But um, it, it definitely like knocked me off kilter at the time. Maybe think yeah. maybe I'm not made of stone enough stuff to do this. Maybe I'm a bit sensitive. But then actually, it just served to sort of embolden me and and make my and actually want to be bolder in, in my choices maybe or more it may be double down maybe more committed to 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 to, to making us a, a success of this and, right. and being the best you know just being the best actor i can be anyway and do you avoid all, all things then do you avoid avoid all press do you, do you avoid social media yeah it was it i just had a i was working on the third narnia film in australia 
and uh, I flew to Toronto for the for the for the film festival, and the, and the reviews came out that that day. And I had to, I had one I had to fly from Australia to Toronto and back again in 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 a day and a half or something. And I so I was upside down and inside out yeah. at that point. And I think that that just the reviews coming out that time, it just it really knocked me. It really knocked me. God. Um, but it's but it's um you know as I say I think there are great things about it. I'm really I'm still really proud to have done it. I'm very proud to have been cast mm. in it with those people and to, you yeah. know to to have been trusted with that story. Do I think I'm a better actor now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that you know. Yeah, you're fucking 26 as well. Yeah, it's mad. Yeah, interestingly, the uh, the the horror thing that I've just done has a sort of couple of little elements of it that made me think, oh, maybe this is you know another go at it. And I got asked to do the audio book actually, Dorian Gray, uh, last year or the year before, and I was like, oh, I, I I get to sort of have another go here as well. But yeah, still very proud to have been involved in it. And 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 I think you know all all these moves that we make, you know, make us the person that we are. And I'm I'm proud of the person that I am. So so I think. Um, but do I do I watch it? Do I what have I watch, Do I watch it often? N- no. <laughs> really good answer. I'm I'm so uh, I think it's absolutely right not to read anything, but I think it's hard. I'm impressed. It's a hard lesson. I, to I learn. suppose you're just used to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only way to learn it, of course, though, is the only possible way. You can yeah. put your fingers in the fire and get burned, yeah. or you could know not to touch it. Yeah, I oh, definitely, definitely experienced that. And God, I should never look. I shouldn't have looked. Okay, what's the film? You're you're funny, Ben Barnes. You've been funny and stuff. What's the film that made you laugh the most? I think the film that has made me laugh the most number of times is uh, This Is Spinal Tap. Correct. You've got a few of these completely right. Oh, brilliant. Uh, well, again, these are the ones that my that my 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 uh, my collection of eighties posters. This is this is one of them. I get uh, probably one of the films I watch the most. Certainly, the film that if people haven't seen it, I will I will immediately pull up something or start quoting it, or I'll be unsufferable talking about it. Uh, it but it's just endlessly quotable. I mean, it's funny. Yeah. It's f- the first second before you've even got any actors in it. Rob Rob Ryan is introducing it, and he does this thing where he folds his arms and then just sort of lets them. It's so uncomfortable that he sort of lets them hang down. And it make it. I cannot watch that without laughing. And nothing's happened yet. The film hasn't even started yet. And uh, it's yeah, it's just it's genius. I love it. It really is. Ben Barnes, you've been an, an absolute joy. I've loved talking to you. However, when you were 100 years old, you had a, a birthday card from the Queen, who, is, who was at the time about 190, which was very nice for her to send a card. It was very scrawly writing. But I believe it was from her herself. And she did the post. You were a bit tired. You went to bed and your loved ones, you said, gather around, gather around. Your loved ones gathered around and, and your, your great, great, great granddaughter took your hand and in a peak of madness squeezed your hand so hard she was in so much despair because she loved me so very much yeah squeezed it so hard that it snapped in 25 places she screamed everyone started screaming around you right oh god what have i done we were screaming i I absolutely hate you no i know it's chaos all your loved ones is just so distraught oh god what have we done and there was blood and then the blood got infected and you had instant sepsis and it spread through your body Quite quickly, to be fair, and then and then you were just ch- choking on the, the infection, and then people were screaming, everyone was screaming, and you you died. <laughs> it was one of the least peaceful deaths I've ever seen. Oh. And I hear this, I hear this chaos. I'm like, what's going on in that house? In Ben Barnes's house, it sounds like a massacre's happened. All your fa- all your loved ones, they run out of the house screaming like they've been in a horror. I've got a coffin on me. You know what I'm like. Drag it upstairs. I go, where's Ben Barnes? My old detective friend, Ben's, Ben Barnes, where is he? And I go up the stairs and there you are. And your body has exploded <laughs> from the instant sepsis. It's fucking everywhere. It's everywhere. On the walls, on the floor. <laughs> it's disgusting. And also, insects have flown in through the window. They're already eating on your rotting flesh. I'm like, get out of here. Scram. And I scrape off all the bits of you I can. I put you in the coffin. It's a fucking... It's a, I'm having to wear industrial gloves. It's gross. Even I'm grossed out by it. It's a mess. It's like I've made a fucking pool 
of cess in this uh, coffin. Anyway, it's it's full. <laughs> <laughs> it's full. And there's only really enough room for me to slide one DVD into the gloop <laughs> for you to take across to the other side. <laughs> and on the other side, it's movie night every night. And one night, it's your movie night. What film are you taking to show everyone in heaven when it's your movie night, Ben Barnes, please? I've poked the bear there, haven't I? At the beginning, I, I, I challenged you. It's like I sat, I was like I went to a comedy show and sat in the middle of the front row thinking, this will be fine. I hate, I, I hate, I hate, I, I hate you for that. You hate how you died. Listen, I'm so sorry that it, listen, it was a tragic death. It was a screaming. <laughs> it made my peace. All of them. So horrific. Um, it was quick, though. It was quick. Okay. What film are you taking with you to show in heaven? I am taking with me, arguably, and when I say arguably, I mean arguing with myself because it's impossible to yeah. answer what your favourite film ever is. But the one I would most like to share with, the one I most like to share with people, the one that has brought me probably the most joy, When Harry Met Sally. Oh, fucking perfect answer. I almost feel bad about how you died with that answer, but I'm not in charge of those things. So I'm up in, I'm up in, I'm up in, 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 in heaven. Yeah. And now I'm at Sally. I'm having a lovely time. Yeah. You're having an absolutely And everyone's time. going, and everyone's going, oh, thanks for bringing this. What a brilliant, what yeah. brilliant choice. What a brilliant, brilliant choice of film for us to all watch the thing. Probably the best, yeah, probably the best uh, choice of all the hundred things. <laughs> You're the best person. You've... Anyway, just before we settle down to watch this lovely film, how did you die again? <laughs> oh, <then> you're like... <laughs> um, uh, ben Buds, what a joy. Now, I, I assume you would like people to listen to your album. Is that what we have to look forward to next from you? Yes. What's it called? It's called Songs For You, and it is uh, five yeah. songs that I wrote at uh, that piano and um, and then had some brilliant brilliant producers and people helped me make a more, more shiny sounding with exciting uh, uh, brilliant musicians from around the world sort of contributing their bits oh, wow. during the pandemic which is kind of thrilling and amazing and uh, and now it's this sort of little it's this little uh, record which is um, sort of just going to be everywhere and it's it's, it's brilliant yeah I, people have been uh, the first song came out a few weeks ago and people sending me uh you know, actually, I think one of the things I love the most is just this 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 girl dancing in her kitchen with this big smile on her face to it, and then people have been doing sort of like pole dancing, or you know, ice skating routines, or doing a singing cover of it, or drawing something from the music video, or whatever. Just like just just feeling like I think something about me doing it at forty rather than at nineteen when I first yeah, tried yeah. is making people go, I can. Well, maybe I can just do my thing now, and that feels Man, good. I love that. I love that. Congratulations. Congratulations on your album. That's fucking huge. Thanks. Uh, I hope that more and more people love it. Uh, I have loved talking with you. Thank you for your time. And um, good luck with everything. Have a, a wonderful time in heaven. And uh, love to you. Good day, sir. <laughs> Cheery bye. <laughs> so that was episode 169. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein for the extra 20 minutes of chat, secrets and video with Ben. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating, but don't talk about the show. I don't care about that. Talk about the film that means the most to you and why. It's a lovely thing to read. Helps with numbers, something like that. I don't really know why I keep saying this bit, but apparently I should. So there you go. You, can, you don't have to do it. But if you want to do it, do it. Do you know what I mean? I don't, honestly. Honestly, if it's in, don't bother. But you can. Anyway. Thank you so much to Ben for doing the show. Thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to Acast for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics and Lisa Lydon for the photography. Come and join me next week where my special guest will be someone else amazing. You know it will be. Everyone's amazing. They're all good. I don't, I don't book shit guests. I hope you're all well. Thank you so much for listening. So that is it for now. In the meantime, have a lovely week. And please, now more than ever, be excellent to each other.
Brett, sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I do for a living? Never mind, sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more, online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wild Card on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.